Alright, welcome to the Inside the Coach's Box with Keith Essery. Uh, today, guest, we have Will Lowry. Uh, Will Lowry is currently the Athletic Director at Blue Mountain College uh, NAI School in Ripley, Mississippi. Uh, I believe you've been the Athletic Director, I think, since 2018, January 2018. Is that correct? Okay. That's right. All right. Uh, he's also an owner of a nonprofit, Bigger Than Ball Foundation, which he started back in 2017. Uh, you've also had, uh, you know, a field named after you. What uh, Tupelo Christian Press School? You had a field named after you. I think that's a, you know, a cool honor. Uh, you know, that was done. Uh, you know, before taking the role there uh, as athletic director at Blue Mountain College. Uh, High, uh, high school graduate of uh, Blue uh, Bearsville High School uh, went on to play baseball at Delta State. Uh, I think he played from '95 to '98. Is that correct? I think that's a long time ago, but I think that's right. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, then you went on to get the master's degree in intercollegiate athletic administration uh, from Western Kentucky University. Uh, Hi, Siri. What can I help you with? I need some cash to buy my mom. I keep having these pop up. Come up. There we go. Back to normal. Hopefully it won't happen again. But uh, so that's kind of my introduction to you. If I left anything out, feel free to kind of add to, you know, anything you want. But, you know, without further ado, you know, here's Will Lowry. And uh, just take it from there. Kind of tell me your story. Uh, go from there. It, it's all yours. Well, I, I, you know, my story... You know, there's this, the story of a young man coming out of high school with a bunch of dreams. You know, we're, we're all driven as coaches. You know, uh, athletics have been in our background. But as an athlete, you know, Keith, I've known you for a long time. I know you were driven. We were all driven uh, to be successful. And uh, that success uh, that I had at Delta State is had a lot of hard work and determination and coming out of a smaller school like Beersville High School. But, you know, it was uh, it, it was a good journey, but it, it really it really prepared me for what I'm going through in life right now more so than ever. I guess um, I didn't realize it at the time because I just thought I was playing a game. But, I mean, it really, you know, it really is so true about preparing you for life. And uh, so I, I'll jump to the point where I feel like my life really started is uh, when I met my wife, Jennifer. Um, you know, I was typically the, the typical young, single guy, selfish, didn't really think outside of myself, set my ways, prideful. Uh, you know, it's whatever negative connotation you can really put on it. I, I, I was that guy. I thought, I thought I was a good guy. I thought I did a, you know, a lot. I didn't think I did a lot of things wrong as far as, you know, worrying about having to go to jail or things like that. But I just, you know, honestly, I, I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to love myself. I didn't know how to love others. And uh, when I met Jennifer, it really changed me because, number one, uh, she she kicked my ass honestly. She's, her personality, she was exactly what I needed at that time because I, I was lost. I was trying to, I was chasing the world. And everything in it, and I was pretty good at it, you know. And then when I met her, uh, I, I, I just say that her personality—I mean, she's she's strong-willed as well. And, and uh, believe me, I, I, I think you know I'm I'm stubborn, 
but I think she's more stubborn than I am, and, and, and she she uh, whipped me into in the shape and really. Uh, I would say this: every, every behind every good man is a great woman. That's that's said, but for that couldn't be said any more true for me because I wouldn't be the man that I am today without her and without her calling me out. And you know, I was so prideful, and I, you know, I was very comfortable with the ball in my hand. Um, but when things got when it wasn't in my control, that's when things would tend to falter and and I had a lot of problems with things that were not in my control and and dealing uh, with the opposite sex sex that's a lot of times you, you deal with things that are out of your control so I'm going to jump forward to say not only was she strong in her personality and who she was and she changed me but it was because of the situation it's I tell people it's fortunate but it's unfortunate um she was diagnosed with a lung disease, and and I knew when we met that she had to have a lung transplant. But because of when we met, I had gone through life and was living a life full of emptiness. And that life full of emptiness led me to the point where I wanted to draw closer to God, and I wanted what God wanted for my life. And a part of that, I feel like, was Jennifer. And once I found out she had a lung disease and she had to have a lung transplant, I had a, had to face a decision at that point. And that decision was, you know, is this something you want to be a part of? But honestly, it really wasn't a decision for me. It was I wanted to experience a real love in my life, uh, a God's love. And, and she gave that to me. So I didn't know if we had one year, five years, 10 or 15 uh, years together, but. I knew that God had placed her in my life for a reason. And so that was, oh my gosh, 2008. So 12, fast forward 12 years later, well, we're still here. She's still going strong. She, she does have to have a second transplant. She did have her first transplant in January of 2011. Uh, so we're pushing almost 10 years on that transplant. She's living right now at 20% lung function, which is scary for a lot of people. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've learned to grow in our faith because of this walk, this, this fortunate, unfortunate walk. And uh, it's really, above all, I would just say it opened my eyes to what life was really about. I would have never have found a love like this had I probably not been forced into the situation. I would have never been able to experience this. Or I would have never given up myself and been so unselfish and to, and to learn how to do this because those things of the world, you know, the ball in the hand, there's things we need to accomplish. We want to be successful. We want to do these things. But it challenged me to really question what are we doing in life? And, and so that's kind of my background, and that's what we live with every day. Jennifer has to have another transplant, as I mentioned, but she can't have it because of the coronavirus. Uh, I guess the the positive thing is everybody's struggling with this, uh, you, you know, um, social distancing. But we've been social distancing for a while because we, she just can't get sick. Right. And, and so, uh, so we go back in in the end of June and hopefully get her next transplant. And, and her story continues. I, I just tell you, I, I say this all the time, and I tease my teams and people I'm around. 
but you know, she's stronger than any guy that I've ever coached. And, um, and I, I, I mean that when I say it. So that in itself, that thought process of where it got me and look, what are we doing here in, in, in my role in sports is really what challenged me to start the Bigger Than Ball Foundation. Okay. All right. Uh, you're doing a transplant. Is that Duke? Is that where you're having it uh, before? From North Carolina. That's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, good deal. And you say uh, you're supposed to go for that at the end of June? Yeah, we'll go back and kind of see where her numbers are. Okay. Again, lung function, she doesn't have much to go down. But if her num- at this point right now, if her numbers go down any, you know, we'll, we'll go back for that and get ready for that transplant. Gotcha. Gotcha. All uh, right. And so that kind of kick-started the Better Than Ball Foundation. Uh, would you say that uh, that has drastically changed your life and outlook on life uh, for every day? You know, things that, that goes on and you don't take anything for granted? Yeah, I mean, that's, it, you, you could, I couldn't have put it better. I mean, you can't take it for granted. I mean, that's the, again, I say this so much, it's probably overused, but the fortunate and unfortunate situation is is I, I can't afford to, you know, and, uh, you know, when I was coaching, but this, she had her tr- first transplant a month before I coached my first high school game. And so, you know, the losses were not as bitter. Right. Oh, so, uh, we, we had a lot of things. Of course, I'm still, if you got a competitive bone in your body, you're going to, you're going to cross that line. Right. Anybody that's ever seen me coach, you know, I, you know, I've probably been called, quite a few words and I mean that competitive fire comes out and I just you know I, I click into another gear but at the same time when it's over you just that's when you like okay here's the bigger picture you fall into that bigger picture and that's really you know I don't think when you know, when we at the end of our days uh, face God I don't think he's going to check our, our wins and loss record I mean, you know, he's going to check on the impact and the change that we're making in, in, the, uh, in the opportunity with the platform. And that's really kind of what Bigger Than Ball does and focuses and, trying to, and tries to remind coaches and refresh them in what they're doing because the grind is real. Right. But we really to remember that bigger picture and what they're doing. Gotcha, gotcha. So... With that going on, the unfortunate situation and stuff, and you said that happened right before you started coaching high school ball. Um, how much did you use that uh, with your players to let them know that, you know, it's not always r- rainbow sunshine. Uh, you're going to have those adversities and stuff to go through. Uh, all those adversities and stuff are, are, could be different things that happen in their personal life or, or just around them in general. How did you use that to kind of get them to play the game to the best of their ability and realize that, you know, you're never guaranteed tomorrow? Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know that I ever uh, pushed it to that limit because young guys, it's kind of hard to get them there. You know, it's almost too deep for that level. But I will say uh, that, you know, having them – not get so caught up and not so worked up if this if, if it doesn't go by our script because I mean that's the biggest thing we all get in our mind how we think God should work right. we all uh, we all pray our 
prayers and a lot of times you know whether it's intentional or unintentional or not it becomes a selfish prayer we pray for to win a game or to win state championships uh and things like that and i even caught myself up in doing those things but the real is realization that that I guess the big, biggest coaching moment that I had with my teams would be that you don't always have to win uh, the game to have a big moment or to have a, a growth moment. And so the, the adversities that you go through, and it really played out through my eight years of coaching. Uh, I think we went to the North half uh, five times. There was a couple of times we got put out, should have gone to the North half, uh, you know, games being the way they are. Uh, we just didn't make it, didn't get the plays done. But the year that we won state, I'm not taking anything away from those guys and the athletes that they are uh, and were at that time. Uh, but I think they would even tell you that some of the other teams that we had were, were more athletic. Uh, but some of the other teams that we had uh, were not completely bought in with each other. Personalities didn't um, well, whatever the case was. But this this team that won state, they bought in, and they 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 understood that uh, mentality, and they played for each other. They played for something bigger than themselves, and and that togetherness it, it all played out to a win. So not that any of those teams that didn't win state did anything less because they had stories of growth within themselves. Uh, you know, and that's, I think that was the biggest takeaway is that, that we're growing through whatever story there is. We're still growing. Okay. Good, good deal. All right. You said that kind of leaned uh, into bigger than ball foundation. Tell me a little bit about, uh, what Bigger Than Ball Foundation is, what your mission is, and uh, kind of how that works and what you're doing uh, in the communities. Sure. You know, uh, I did a 40 day. In 2016, Jennifer dropped down from 100% lung function to 20% lung function. Wow. And, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm scared to death. I mean, I she, could, she could put in the hotel floor, couldn't even get dressed. Uh, I mean, there was a point where I thought this this might be it, and I remember driving back from Duke. You know, it was a two, you know about eleven twelve hour drive, and she was sleeping. I prayed the whole way back, and I committed to a forty uh, a forty day fast, and I prayed for an hour in the mornings and an hour in the evenings, and, and I guess maybe I didn't pray, maybe I meditated some of that time. Um, but but you can do that, you know, when you're motivated, and I was highly motivated. And I was just, when I did that, I was just searching for God's will in my life. What do you want me to do? And this, this concept of bigger than ball, about, you know, um, impacting coaches and athletes and changing the hearts one, one heart at a time. Uh, but it's really that reminder. I, in communicating with coaches, um, especially on the higher level, I hear from them all the time that, you know, there's so many people that's trying to get at them. You know, and they don't know when they can let the guard down, even at the high school level. Somebody's always working an angle on you. And uh, the Bigger Than Ball Foundation, it was just this mindset of what if we can get people away and talk about anything but ball? What if we get these, you know, these frontline guys, uh, high-profile guys to come in and tell these little league coaches or even these high school coaches 
you know, you can learn how to hit and throw um, field all you want, but you you need to make sure you're paying attention to the bigger picture uh, and in developing uh, young athletes. And that's exactly what we're doing. Coach Mike Bianco came in to one of our uh, events, and he didn't ask. I asked him to do it. He said, yeah, no problem. Jumped right on it. And then about a month before the event, he asked me, he said, well, what do you want me to talk about? I said, Coach, you can talk about whatever you want to. Just can't talk about baseball. And he said, oh. So that was a little intimidating for him. But that that's the whole point. You, bigger than ball, when you think of us, it's really about you think about coaching clinics without the X's and O's, without the fundamentals. It's just having guys coming in and getting real. Uh, sometimes it's faith-based. You know, they give their testimony. Sometimes they just want to come in and talk about character development or, or uh, mental mental health. I mean, that's a big thing. So bigger the ball can really be whatever you want it to be. Uh, but the whole focus in this organization is really we wanted to be the vehicle behind everything bigger than the game. So when Dabo Sweeney says we want the light that shines in our guys to be brighter than the light that shines on them, we're going to capture that. We're going to retweet it. We're going to put it out. And so our thought process, our thought process is that, you know, the more we put that out and the more young coaches see that, we're changing the next generation of coaches. Because I could have, I could have used, I could have heard that more when I was younger, you know, and I would have wasted less time stressing about win, 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 win. Right. I really, be, we want to focus on developing coaches to where they, they the overall development and teaching uh, athletes how to win through character, responsibility, accountability, and those things. And then the championships will come, you know, and, and I really believe in that. Uh, but I guess the other piece of Bigger Than Ball is we want, aside, we're not, we're not trying to be the FCA. The FCA is very important all across the nation. And that's something, you know, they go and, and, and uh, preach and share and disciple uh, young athletes and even coaches. Well, we want to do that too, but we want to partner up with the SCA and do those things. But our thing is basically to, to, to give uh, coaches the platform uh, that they have uh, other opportunities to serve. Our thought process is this. When we partnered up with Eight Days of Hope, we thought they had the genius model because, uh, you know, young kids, they, they get tired of getting preached at. You know, they tune you out. And so it's, a lot of times when you when you speak, it's just like when your mom and dad speaks to you, they know what you're going to say before you even say it. But what if you go and serve somebody, and as an athlete, I go and clean somebody's yard or go and paint their house, and I do it all for free, and then I ask nothing in return, why? The natural question is why? And those people are going to ask that, and it, uh, it gives the opportunity to share the gospel at that time. So the hands and feet of Jesus, that's what Eight Days of Hope is doing. If you guys don't know that organization, they go in after tornadoes or hurricanes, uh, floods, things like that, and re rehab homes. Yeah, I believe, I believe didn't, you, didn't you partner with them back in January? Is that when y'all came in on board with them? Right, and, we, and then, you know, we, we went with them to Houston, Texas, and what a – you know, what a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, they, we rehabbed some of their rec fields and um, and gave them a bunch of sporting goods. 
and things like that that they need. So now we just go follow eight days of hope across the country. Like uh, we're hopeful that in the future we'll go to Nashville, Tennessee after that tornado, and we'll spend eight days up there, and we'll do a free clinic. And you know, I struggled that when I went to Houston, Texas. I thought, you know, I can't believe I'm driving all the way out here just to do a free clinic. I was uh, uh, diminishing the value of it a little bit. I just felt like, you know, I should be doing more. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit reaching those hundreds of kids that just needed hope. They just needed hope, playing off the eight days of hope. They just needed hope. They needed some kind of encouragement when they didn't have anything. And just to communicate with those, you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, up to 12-year-olds, and having the coaches, I probably walked away with more impacted than those kids did. And that's the opportunity and platform that we want to give coaches and athletes across the nation. Right, right. And, you know, you say you come away with more. I, I would probably classify that as that's a situation that is absolutely priceless. And I'm sure that uh, you touched multiple young athletes, you know, by going there and helping, uh, made their life different. Uh, there may have been, even if it wasn't but one kid that you made a difference in that, that, that by doing that, that helped them turn to, to God, then, then I think you've done your job and done it well. Uh, what, uh, you know, while we're on that subject, what is something that, that other coaches, parents, fans or anybody could do to reach out to you uh, better than Bob Foundation or a Days of Hope to help you and assist you in uh, helping these uh, communities out that, that's had these, you know, tornadoes or anything like that? You know, would it be, uh, you know, donations of gear or, you know, gloves, bats or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, we always do. You know, and that's an easy thing, you know, Keith, you know as, as well as I do. We're spoiled. I don't know about you, man, but I, I went through Biggersville High School. I never owned my own bat. And uh, we had about 14 bats, and I used that. When I got to college, never never owned my own bat. And nowadays, you're getting a $400 bat every year yeah. um, from the time, time you're nine years old. And and, and uh, not knocking anybody, because if you can get it, get it. I think that's great. Uh, but at the same time, there's a whole lot of sporting gear that's in people's closets right now that can go to people. You know, one man's trash is another's treasure. I mean, that's that's really true with sporting goods, and there's an opportunity there. But but you teed it up for me. You know, the biggest thing, that the opportunity that we have going with Eight Days of Hope, it's a simple, easy way uh, for coaches to get involved. And um, it's it's our membership. And what we do is 100% of our funds that we collect uh, with our membership goes to Eight Days of Hope and supports uh, what they do. It goes towards the money to rehab in these homes. So, you know, just in case you're too busy, you're playing, you're coaching, you can't take your team, whatever the case is, a coach or a sports fan can join up for $5 a month or an athlete. Say if you're a high school athlete or even a college athlete, hey, nobody has any money at that point. But a dollar a month. It's not about the money. It's about all of us coming together for one cause. And so if you do the math on that, you know, if we have a couple thousand coaches, you know, a thousand athletes from across the country, we've got, I mean, we've got uh, members in California, in Virginia, Louisiana, Nebraska. We've got them all over. And they're all, every bit of that money that we pull together is going to Eight Days of Hope to help people in need. And so you're talking about us giving a 
potential gift of $100,000 or more each year just by doing something simple like that. And we also have a membership that teams say if you didn't want to do an individual membership, teams can raise money or whatever and join for $100 per year. Um, you know, that's a pretty easy goal. We wanted to make it as easy as possible, uh, a, a small investment for a great cause. Oh, absolutely, and it's it definitely a great cause. Uh, let's see, uh, I just asked, you know, what ways they could help. So if somebody wanted to donate to you and stuff, do they just send that directly to you? Is there, or is there a way you handle that? And would you prefer yeah, they, money versus gear, or, or what would you prefer? Yeah, I, you know, whatever God leads you to do. I mean, you know, whatever you have, and I mean, if, if that's, that's we just to give you the platform, and, you know, there's opportunities. You know, we do have a... a a bigger than ball sporting goods trailer that we go around and collect uh, from time to time. I know actually West Point has uh, has donated at, at some point, and some other uh, schools have donated and around the Northeast Mississippi area, and uh, even um, uh, Northeast Community College, Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been a, a really good uh, a good deal. So we have that opportunity, but yeah, we, you know, the easiest as far as donations. You can just go to our website and there's links you can click. This, you know, uh, two clicks and, and you're you're a member or you've donated. It's pretty easy. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. I want to go back. Uh, you know, to I guess you know your adversity and stuff that you've done. Uh, I want to ask a question. Uh, I had this down. I had really had, uh, but I don't think I've asked it yet. How much of an impact on your faith would you say that going through the adversity that you have uh, with your wife Jennifer? How much do you think that's had an impact on your faith? Uh, and it seems to me like it's had a tremendous effect on it and it's tremendously changed your life. Yeah, I mean, obviously, oh, when I look at scenarios or think about things, I'm not thinking about myself. Um, and and through everything, I'm trying to seek God's will because really when I get down to it and I start thinking about why, what is our overall reason for existence and it, you know if it's not pointing towards christ i always think about a legacy and a lot of people look at a, a legacy as a negative connotation uh because in general that's kind of normally that would be selfish but i just don't believe that uh, you know if you are concerned with your legacy that's a bad thing as long as your legacy points towards christ i got you. that's really um you're talking about not taking things for granted I really want to make the most of my life, you know, in the time that I have here. And I want to make that impact for Christ. And I want to stand up. Uh, Tony Robichaud, who passed away last fall, oh, my gosh, he was a champion for Christ. Um, he was a head coach at Louisiana Lafayette. And um, if you haven't read or heard, they call him Robisms, I believe. I mean, he, he is just highest level of competitive coach, but he absolutely loved Christ. And those are, that's a guy, um, I'm chasing after his heart. I'm chasing after the Steve Tiber as a, you know, the CEO and president of Eight Days of Hope. I'm, I mean, I, I really feel because of Jennifer and I see her, you know, she had an episode last night where, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to go find her medicine last night. She couldn't breathe. She couldn't breathe. And I'm laying in the bed last night, man. I'm just like, man, this, this could be it. I mean, I'm. It's real. It's, it's it slaps you in the face, real. And and so when you start looking at things 
things like that. We always feel like we've got another five or 10 or 15 years when you look at your parents and, you know, whenever they pass or how long they're living. But, you know, even Jennifer's, Jennifer's father uh, died on a Harley um, when he was 53 years old, taken early. And you just see that over and over again. And, and so I don't know when my last opportunity will be to impact people. So I have to, every time my feet hit the floor, I've got to impact people for Christ. Okay, good deal. Well, look, I, I know, uh, let me ask this. Uh, back to Better Than Ball, when you do the uh, events and stuff you have, is that centered toward kind of having uh, events for coaches, or do you actually have players and stuff that you speak to? We have it both. You know, it's uh, a lot of a lot of coaches will come, but we've had, and it's so refreshing. I have little league coaches, and I say little league travel ball coaches, some that are more serious about it, they'll come, and they'll, They'll bring two or three of their players. But that message is just as powerful for them than it is anybody. Right. You know, and the, and the good thing is, I mean, it's just like, you know, we had Lane Burroughs from Louisiana Tech, uh, Bush Thompson, Mike Bianco, Tony Robichaud. But at the same time, those guys were sitting in the crowd listening, listening to each other speak. You know, we all need to hear that message. And so it's it's a universal message that's, that's just good for development. Good deal. Well, look, I also wanted to make a comment. You know, there's a lot of guys uh, out there that would have been presented with uh, the situation that you have been uh, that you have with your wife. Um, I think you're a remarkable young man that uh, that that st- stayed with it. Uh, wasn't one that just kind of ran away from the the, the situation. Um, so I think that says a lot about who you are, a lot about your faith, a lot about a lot about your commitment uh, to faith and your wife. Um, you know, I think she's uh, very fortunate to have a husband like you. Uh, I know y'all have a daughter, correct? Too. Uh, you know, so you, I'm sure you are just an exceptional dad. Uh, so, so when I see and hear stories like yours, uh, it, that touches my heart. And I know on your website you have the the link up. There, better than ball, uh, where you and uh, your wife are talking about your situation, uh, and that's that's something that's kind of hard to sit and listen and watch. Uh, you know, I, I know I struggled with it, but uh, I think you're a remarkable young man. Uh, anybody that listens to this, I would hope that they would go to biggerthanball.com uh, and, and 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 watch that. Uh, uh, kind of get of a glimpse of, of of yours and Jennifer's story and what you've gone through, the adversities, but how and what the impact of, of faith and and your uh, life with God in it uh, can be. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that that need to see things like that sometimes and and to see that exactly what. God can do in someone's life. Uh, so, you know, for me, I, I appreciate your story and everything. Um, you know, I've got some stuff here that uh, I wrote down. Um, I wanted to share something that's kind of personal with me. Uh, I want to go back to that you're the AD at Blue Mountain College. Uh, that's in Ripley, Mississippi. Uh, I actually graduated from Blue Mountain College in 2012. Uh, Blue Mountain College was probably... Uh, one of the best choices, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that I ever made to go back to school. But there's a story. Uh, I'm just gonna kind of read from what I wrote here. Um, you know, not only you know Blue, Blue Mountain College uh, campus is, is some of the great teachers and staff 
They also care about you. I believe the Blue Mountain College changed my life, and I know I may never have made it if it wasn't for one special teacher there. Her name was Miss Johnny Armstrong. I'm sure you know Miss Johnny. Uh, Remarkable young lady. She was the most kind and most respectful individual on the campus. She loved what she did, and she loved to inspire you. That being said, during my last semester... Uh, my family and I was going through a uh, rough time financially. Uh, I was I was making an uh, hour, hour and a half drive from where I lived every day to school. Uh, and I honestly didn't know how I was going to finish out the semester. Because, uh, you know, I, cu- I couldn't financially afford the gas and everything. Um, you know, my wife had just recently lost her job. And uh, Miss Johnny, one day she knew... Something wasn't right. She pulled me aside and she kind of talked to me and <clears throat> asked me what was going on. I told her and uh, she raced in her pocket and uh, pulled out $100 and uh, said, here, I want you to make sure you have gas money and I want to make sure that you're at school every day this week. And I said, Miss Johnny, I can't take that. Uh, you know, I, I just can't do it. But she insisted. Uh, she, she wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, so I took the $100, and that paid for my gas that week. And fortunately, uh, my wife got another job, you know, that, that next week or shortly after, and we were able to uh, financially make it work for me to, to finish school. Uh, but I, I credit a lot to Miss Johnny. I feel like that she saved me. I'm getting a little emotional here, but she, uh, she saved me. And uh, I feel like without her... Uh, I may have quit. As close as I was to the finish, I may have quit because I couldn't afford it. So, you know, for me, I owe everything to her and uh, to Blue Mountain College. So I wanted to say that to where if anybody's listening and they're looking for a college, there is no better college than Blue Mountain College. Uh, the, the, like I said, the staff, uh, they care about you. And, uh, you know, I believe that me going there brought me closer to God. Uh, it enhanced my faith. Uh, you know, I'm not perfect by any means, but uh, I believe by me going to school there and uh, the staff that, that was so kind of me, especially Miss Johnny, uh, that was the best decision I've ever made. Other than, you know, me getting married and, and, and having my kids, uh, that, that's next to it. Uh, so, uh, is, you know, I think what should happen now is who are you going to be, Miss Johnny, too, now? There's going to be a kid that comes along and there's going to be a, a one day that they're going to look at you like you look at Miss Johnny. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's really, you know, that's that's the stories that, that we live for. And so I uh, appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I will share that around campus, if you don't mind. With your I, don't, I don't mind at all. You know, I, I know it's probably something she didn't want, you know, told uh, at the time and stuff. And, you know, I know I felt uh, bad or shame. Uh, but looking back on it, you know, it's something I needed at the time. And uh, she provided it. And, you know, the good Lord provided after that. And, you know, I was able to finish. And uh, so I owe her, her and the Blue Mountain everything. So uh, I felt like, that, you know, we're talking to you and you being AD there, that that was a story that I, I should uh, discuss, you know, especially, you know, since uh, Miss Johnny, uh, you know, lost her, you know, time with us here recently. And, uh, 
she was a she was a big impact. And I, I guarantee you that I'm not the only one that she made a difference in. I guarantee you that because uh, she was she was something special. And uh, I'm sure that there's many more uh, students out there, maybe even faculty members that uh, could tell some stories of, of Miss Johnny and the impact that she had on their lives. No doubt, you could write a couple of books that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, look, you have any uh, any other last comments or anything that you want to tell about Bigger Than Ball or you want to tell the website information or anything like that uh, so the people can kind of reach out to you and check it out? Well, I'm just, you know, if you go to the website, it's biggerthanball.com. But other than that, uh, you, you, you kind of bragged on me. But, you know, I, I look at it like I didn't have a choice. I, I tried it my way long enough, and it was, it was a life full of emptiness. So, you know, kind of like what you were talking about, you know, that's, that's at some point we're all going to be faced with that. And so I hope that anybody's watching this, if they're just impacted at all, you know, my only choice was to turn towards God's will and to do it his way. And even through adversity, uh, champions are being built. I believe that. And, hey, you know what um, Paul said? Um uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain. And that's the challenge for us to, to live that way. So while I'm here, I'm going to live for Christ. And when I die, I'll be in heaven. And that's the way I look at it with my wife as well. We're going to take no days for granted. We're going to live it out. And we hope when our story is told when we're gone, that it'll be a story about Jesus Christ. There you go. Amen. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, you know, I wish you the best with uh, your wife. I hope everything goes well. Uh, if there's anything I can do for you, uh, just let me know. I'd be glad to help in any way I can. Uh, but again, I, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. And uh, God bless. All right. You have a good one. All right. Take.